Hi, I'm Gabby. I'm a senior library assistant. My pronouns are she, her, and my favorite seasonal flavor is salted caramel mocha, which Starbucks has abandoned the bastards. Hi, I'm Amanda. I'm a children's librarian. My pronouns are she, her, and my favorite seasonal flavor is peppermint mocha. My name is Brittany. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. I'm a library services supervisor, and my favorite seasonal flavor is apple cider. And this is the Ask Us Desk. We are the Ask Us Desk. We are three library professionals who are here to answer your questions about libraries, librarians, books, the spooky season, and anything else. You can send us your questions, comments, and whatever you like, save for work, to our email, askuspod at gmail.com, or you can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at askuspod. We are doing a year-long reading challenge called the Ask Us Reading Challenge, where you, we will have different prompts for you to read, and uh, you, can in, you can join in in the reading challenge by taking photos of the book you read for the different prompts, and that will enter you in for our um, giveaways throughout the year. To um, let us know that you're playing along in the reading challenge, just tag us on Twitter or Instagram at AskUsPod, and you can use the hashtag AskUsReadingChallenge. And throughout the year, we are doing episodes to give you book recommendations for our challenges. And today we will be doing um, It Served Its Time. We each have three books that are, have been sitting on our TBRs that we own, but that we have not read yet. And we're going to each go through uh, the books we have and we're going to pick out the books for each other, like what we should read next. It's going to be very exciting. Well, how about now for some chit chats? I like how we all do like shimmy and jazz hands. <laughs> I think they can tell. I mean, they can't see us, but I think they can. <laughs> so if yeah. we ever do like behind the scenes video footage. Oh God, please never. But <laughs> it would be very entertaining. Oh goodness. Yeah, we'll need to give ourselves like advance warning to like you know, I'll put on a bra and maybe wear makeup or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fair. <laughs> I would need to do those things as well. <laughs> but it was your birthday recently, Amanda. Tell us uh, if you had a good birthday, what you did. Yeah, I did have a good birthday. It was very chill. Um, I got some gifts in the mail. Did y'all send me something? Okay, but well, mine hasn't gone to you yet. Okay, I just want to make sure that I didn't misattribute a gift that I got from my parents, like that you got me that I was like, oh, thanks, mom and dad, because they got me some stuff. They got me like a t-shirt, like a Hocus Pocus t-shirt and some other stuff that was really cute. And my sister um, was like, I can't think of anything to give you. So if you don't give me gift uh, suggestions, I'm just going to buy you Halloween costumes for your dog. And I was like, don't threaten me with a good time. (laughs) So she ended up sending me two um, Halloween costumes. I saw those. Those were cute. <laughs> so <laughs> cute. Pacino. It's so cute. So that was fun. And my husband made me a New York strip steak for dinner. Ooh. It was very lovely. Fancy. I don't know. This year I was very just kind of meh on my birthday. You know, I turned 33, which, you know, three is my favorite number. So three, three is kind of cool. 
yeah. Probably not gonna probably not gonna live to be three three three. Um, <laughs> probably <laughs> unless I become a vampire sometime soon. Um, or they figure out how to transfer our consciousness into a computer, which is like the other thing that could happen, totally happen. Um, or you could be like um what's his name in Doctor Who? Uh mm-hmm. oh, what is his name? Gabby. Yeah. Doctor yeah. Who? Oh, <laughs> I know the doctor lives a really long time, but I was thinking about Jack. Captain oh, Jack. <laughs> yes, yeah. Captain Jack. Ah, Torchwood. That was yeah. good. good one. So great. Until it wasn't. Yeah, and I know Gabby, I don't know if you wanted to talk about how your day went today. Yeah. <laughs> some not fun things and some fun things. I had a, a back thing that I... I have uh, been down for the count for two and a half weeks now. And so I got something, well, I don't know why I'm being so loose. I got an injection, wow, injection in my lower spine, uh, which was uh, nerve wracking going in, but has been wonderful so far. So that was great. I mean, but not fun because you're like in a doctor's surgery area in the time of COVID, which is, you know, not the place you want to be. But they were super fastidious, so I felt very confident. And then <laughs> while that was happening, a five-foot skeleton was dropped off at my house to my very confused husband who works from home um, because our neighborhood is passing around this skeleton um, this month for the for its day to go on adventures uh, in the neighborhood. And I forgot to tell him that I had signed up to do this. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, of course. Yeah, so a neighbor, he's so never happy. happy. Yeah. He's if I open the door and someone's like, here's the skeleton. I'm like, thank you. I don't even need context. <laughs> I know. Say, like, thank you. This is mine forever. <laughs> I am not passing this on. So, yeah. So my husband is a... Uh, Capricorn and uh, an Enneagram type five. So he was not delighted for having no context. <laughs> and he was, he's never met this neighbor. Why are you handing me a skeleton? So sorry to my, my partner there. Uh, but deceased was on the couch. Uh, wait, when I so, were... wait, is that the name? Yes, that is the name of the skeleton, the neighborhood skeleton, deceased. Oh. <laughs> and they were waiting on the couch for me when I got home, uh, which scared me because at that I had forgotten um, that today was our day, hence not telling my husband. <laughs> but we had some really fun adventures, uh, D and I, and <laughs> being uh, the dramatic person that I am, created like this whole series of romantic mishaps with the other skulls and skeletons that I have in my house nothing weird get your minds out of the gutters um, <laughs> I was thinking like what is she talking about exactly uh, no no oh well, where's that bone coming from oh, <laughs> so I did I was lame it's okay did, well no and so in one of the captions that I'm gonna write because you're supposed to take pictures and like post them so there, our neighborhood has an official private Facebook group because the burbs, part of the, the event of passing D around and having these adventures is to take pictures and post them. And so for one of the captions, 
<laughs> so for I'll give you so one of the things we did was um, I used to be in nonprofit fundraising like with very fancy like wine events and so I have a lot of old floor length gowns event gowns that I don't wear anymore because I'm not in that industry now uh, obviously but D wore one and the long like mermaid aerial wig that I have. <laughs> And one of the captions to go on a date uh, for a fake dating app that I've named Boner, B-O-N-R. Like Grinder. Yeah. Oh boy. Or Tinder. Uh, or oh boy. Wherever. Uh, not even subtle. Meet your match. <laughs> it um, could be like Love After Life or something like that. I do like that too. Oh. I do like that too. No. No one would make it even better. Have y'all seen those like what big 12 foot long, 12 foot skeletons? Oh, yeah, like Home Depot or whoever sells them. I want one so bad, but they're so expensive. They're hard to get. Yeah. And um, where would I put it throughout the rest of the year? That's my question. Just leave it out. <laughs> I mean, I would be that neighbor. <laughs> Let's be real. Like, how, like... <laughs> So like home improvement had that guy Wilson where you only ever saw the top part of his face. Yeah. Just leave it in your backyard. Only <laughs> people would see over it the house. Like, the pelvis up. <laughs> well, twelve foot tall. I don't know if he would peek over. He would definitely peek your over fence? the fence. Yeah, the fence definitely. But I was thinking even over the house. <laughs> oh no, that would be creepy and amazing. Yeah, that's a cute, cute neighborhood thing to do. It, it is, and I only like this is the first neighborhood Facebook group thing that I've participated in really because I I joined mainly to get information like on all the other neighborhood drama because there's always neighborhood drama in the burbs y'all I know my neighbors so I'm impressed (laughs) like I know the people on either side of us by like a high and a wave and a nod but that's it yeah I, I couldn't pass up an opportunity to dress up a five foot skeleton so that's what I did. That's amazing. <laughs> Let's see what other updates are there. Texas still sucks a lot. Oh um, my god, so much yeah. like every day. Mm-hmm. Didn't they do something like with like removing all the resources for LGBTQ like trans youth? Yeah, that was like today or yesterday. Ugh. And then um, some school districts have been really freaking stupid. Um, Katie ISD, which is I think down near Houston. They were going to have Jerry Craft, who wrote, writes and draws um, graphic novels, like middle grade graphic novels. And he won, I think, what was it, the Newberry? Yep. For his yes, he did. Book. Mm-hmm. And they were going to have him for a virtual um, event. And I've met him before. He's a really nice person. Great author. They were going to have him for a virtual author visit for his book for the middle school, I think, there. And some parents are racists and idiots and they said that his books teach critical race theory and they then canceled his um, appearance and they took out his books in the school district to look at I've heard that they're putting it back the books at least in some of the schools and then at another school district in the DFW area it's for South Carroll South Lake ISD um there was a teacher who won teacher of the year, I think last year, she's a fourth grade teacher. And um, this year 
the some again racist stupid parents um were upset because she had a book in her classroom that it had some it was like something about like this book is not racist or this book is anti-racist or something like that it was this and, book is anti-racist yeah parents got so upset and it took it got up so it got up so high like the school board and everything that she was written up she was like basically disciplined for having this book in her freaking class library and then yesterday there was a meeting with lots of the teachers and I think I can't remember if it was like a school admin or principal who said this is this recording that's out there you can look it up it's probably if not national I'm sorry if not international it's definitely national news right now uh, where the school said something along the lines of where we need to make sure that we have books from opposing viewpoints did Brittany freeze on us? I'm like, yeah. Gabby's face is moving, but Brittany is not moving. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Seance for Brittany. <laughs> uh, oh, great spirits. If you can hear our call, bring back Brittany to the Zoom meeting. Look into the Zoom. <laughs> Look into the Zoom. Welcome back. Wow. <laughs> oh, annoying. Sorry. Live and in person. The teachers were told that they need to have opposing view books about opposing viewpoints in their classrooms to fit with the stupid state bill, which is basically not wanting kids to be taught, you know, real history. Specifically they, about the Holocaust. Yeah, I was, I was getting to that. Um, and then the example she gave was, you know, like if you have books on the Holocaust, have books about opposing viewpoints. And one of the teachers were like, uh, who opposes that they were basically told like yeah we understand you're terrified unfortunately there's nothing we can do about that that's also in the recording um it's a lot of bullshit like personally you know my my uh, boyfriend he teaches high school english i know that they're having to change up their curriculum because of the stupid state bill and kids are not really learning um i guess real history or how to be critical thinkers because of this bullshit. But anyways, I keep saying, I keep cussing because I'm so upset about this. Um, and Texas is just ridiculous. And there's like the whole abortion ban and like, <sighs> Amanda, do you have a free bedroom? <laughs> I do. That's where I'm recording from. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to come. Also, apparently teachers in that district have now been told to close their classroom libraries. What? Yeah. Um, temporarily, air quotes, while the books in those li- in the school, li- their classroom libraries are being vetted. You know, we can imagine where that's going to go. This I, is a dystopia. Like, yes. We, yeah. <laughs> Texas is straight up becoming, I don't know, like Fahrenheit 451. Or yeah. Whatever. Like, it's like, it's Which just- is, I like, I, what's ironic about that is that the people on the other side, are acting like liberals are the ones that are all about like banning stuff and burning books and everything I'm like (laughs) yeah yeah that's like we talked about this in another episode too but people being like oh they're like burning the Dr. Seuss books in like not only did Seattle (laughs) Public Library one of the most you know like thought of as like one of the most progressive cities or whatever in the United States not only did they not ban those books they ordered more copies Uh to put them in posterity in like a special collection yeah same. and so like 
not only did we not like ban the book, we bought more copies of it because it's controversial and more people want to look at it. So like, that's not how libraries work. And (laughs) like, I don't know, just like intellectual freedom. It just like, yeah, you're, you don't want opposing viewpoints if you want to have those items removed. Me and some coworkers were actually talking about this just yesterday but, um, and saying, you know, in any like really well-developed, at least public library collection, there's going to be something in it that's going to piss somebody off and it should, you know, mm-hmm. because you're going to have people that don't agree with you or you're, there's going to be people that have different belief systems and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Gen- you know, generally, unless somebody has a belief system that is, is hateful, first of all, is anti, for example, anti-Semitic. And it's like, Hey, Holocaust, good idea. No, we don't need to give time to that. Or mm-hmm. if something is like, so extremely like homophobic, where it's saying that gay people should be killed, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. But <sighs> I don't know. I'm preaching to the choir. I know yeah. all, we all agree on this. <laughs> it's just, it's exhausting living in this state. Literally this state and state of mind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the scary thing is I think people are still not caught on to the fact that like a lot of people who don't live in South Lake or Carroll ISD or Texas will look at this and go, okay, well, this is one, you know, this is one school district where like, that's crazy. That's unfortunate. Like, no, like this is dangerous. It starts with one. And, and then it's, and then it grows. And for this to be like, and especially with the Holocaust, like anti-Semitism is such a problem in our country already. Like to like, to actually be the, the head of the school board or the, like whoever this person, whatever their title, like to take that platform and say, like, we need to have opposing views. Like, no, at that point, like y'all just need to own your racism and your anti-Semitism, but like this should not be tolerated in public schools. Like uh-huh. for them to be able yeah. to say we need opposing opposing viewpoints to the Holocaust. Yeah, I I haven't listened to it, but there's a podcast called South Lake that goes mm. into about a lot of this stuff, and I need to listen to it. Have either of you listened to it? No, but yeah, somebody else brought it up to me, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I bet that's very very spicy in its own like not in any of the ways that we normally think of it as spicy but like ooh. ghost pepper I can't I can't take the yeah spicy or yeah. monster brobiant spicy it is not no it's not <laughs> oh, this is not the fun monster monster erotica spicy do we want to have a one? good thing to end the chat on? <laughs> Do we have a good thing? Because I feel like we get very screamy and handy <laughs> during the <laughs> shit chat part sometimes. Uh. Well, this is good because I love like documentaries and I love stuff about cults. Um, today I was <laughs> just, just wait, just wait. <laughs> happy note. Cults. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. Brittany. Okay. Let's end no, this on a happy note. Um, okay. It's going to be a TV show recommendation. It's called The Way Down. It's W-A-Y down. And it is about this church, Christian in quotation marks, church in Nashville, Tennessee, that is basically a cult. The reason why it's called the way down is because there was this uh, kind of weight loss program that's associated with the church and that they call, I think the way down, like W-E-I-G-H, like your weight. And um, it is fascinating. It's only like four or five episodes. Super good. It's like a 
TV documentary. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So that's my bit of like, hey, this is interesting recommendation. <laughs> okay. There we go. <laughs> so what are y'all currently reading? So I am currently reading My Heart is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones, <laughs> best-selling author of, I think, what was the other book? I feel like you've talked about it, Brittany. The, I want to read it. I can't remember the title off the top of my head right now. The, the Only Good Indians is um, his best-selling New York Times best-selling book that came before. He's also won just like a ton of awards. I'm looking at his accolades in the back of the book right now. I didn't really know what this book was about. The cover is kind of cool. I honestly thought it was like a memoir or something because like based on the cover, I don't know. It's just a plain white yeah. cover with text, like with black text. And then it has like a red slash through it. And it's called My Heart is a Chainsaw. Yeah. And so I was kind of like, eh, because it's a peak pick at the library. Um, so it's like a popular title or whatever. And I was like, I just kept walking by it and being like, oh, I don't know. I don't really like nonfiction. <laughs> <But it's> like, <laughs> it does look like a nonfiction yeah, book. Yeah, it looks the like cover. a nonfiction book. Like look up the cover, y'all. It looks like a nonfiction book. But then I um, like actually picked up the book and read the like inside and I was like holy shit this is like made for me like this book was like written for me um because it's about this girl named Jade who lives in this shitty small town in Idaho I think Idaho someplace like that like out in the middle of nowhere shitty small town and she um is obsessed with slasher movies like horror Ooh, okay. They haven't, I don't fully know what her family situation is because I feel like it's something that's going to be explained as the book goes on and I haven't gotten to that part yet. But basically she doesn't live with her mom. She lives with her dad, who's kind of like an abusive alcoholic. And he, like his shitty friends come around and like do like lewd, gross stuff with her. You know, she's like a teenage girl. And she doesn't really have any friends at school because everybody thinks she's weird. <laughs> and she is kind of weird. <laughs> She gets really excited because all of the signs have pointed to that finally in her small town, a horror movie has begun because these like two, like, I don't know, I want to say Swedish. It doesn't matter. They're, these two like European tourists are uh, found dead in the Indian Lake, which is the lake in their small town. And so then this new girl moves to town. It's like really pretty, like well put together, like girl like moves to town and she's like oh, it's happening the final girl has arrived and the you know the first like tourists who were like because they were their bodies were naked so like they were like having sex by the lake yeah. or whatever so she's like it's happening the horror slasher movie <laughs> is happening mm-hmm. so that's kind of where we are and it's sort of interspersed one of my favorite parts so far in the book is like interspersed are these like little essays that she's written to her poor like history teacher <laughs> where she's like the history of slasher movies because oh she doesn't, God, she doesn't write she doesn't write about anything else in history and she's like I think he's just passed me like <laughs> keeps like telling her to write about anything else like literally anything else and she's like no I need um, to read this yeah I'm it's like right up my alley I love this so much yeah so it's perfect and amazing and um hopefully I'll finish it soon I, I need to return it or else it's yeah. gonna be late um yeah that's what I'm this- doing right now it reminds, the synopsis reminds me of, I think it was my favorite book either. It was last year I read it or the year before. My favorite thing is Monsters. And it's a huge chunk. I've talked about it on here, but it's a huge chunky uh, graphic novel. And just the, the character mm-hmm. and like just the love of like horror movies and stuff mm-hmm. reminds me of that. And yeah, I, the fact yeah, that it reminds yeah. me of that book makes me want to read it even more. Aww. 
So Gabby, do you have any uh any good uh stories you'd like to share with us? <gasps> story time. <laughs> story time. Oh y'all. So well, unfortunately, I had to take a little bit of a pause, not because I didn't love it, but because I actually had to read a book for the book club I lead at work, which is not Monsteronica. Um, because huh. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> oh my god, I'm now just waiting for you to start a monster erotica book club. Oh my god. Yeah, talk about people like getting up in arms. You should start like a critical race monster erotica. <laughs> oh my god. Book club. So I have a TikTok that quick as I like that I've done one video for, and then now I just watch stuff. I have not created any other content, but today I was like. I should like do monster erotica reviews and like talk about it as a genre, you know, stay tuned for that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That being said, I am still reading crack in my heart um, by Kale here. Still enjoying that. We'll give more of an update on that next time. Um, I've just finished for my book club, finished reading a young adult novel called five midnights by Anna Davila. I'm going to double check that while I keep talking. And it is a young adult horror novel because I do like a theme and it is October. So my book club knows that in October we read scary books. And I really loved it. If you are looking for a young adult horror, like highly recommend. So it is set in Puerto Rico and is based on a Puerto Rican myth called El Cuco. It follows this group of teenagers um, who are being hunted. One of the main characters is a girl who is half Puerto Rican, half American. Because of the issues between mainland America and Puerto Rico as a territory, um, she is not accepted there. And, you know, it does go into like, is that, you know, rightfully so, like, because her father is from Puerto Rico, but her mother was from the mainland. Like, where does she fit in? She still has family in Puerto Rico. Like, where does she truly belong? Her name is Lupe. And so she connects with one of the group of teenage boys who are being hunted. His name is Javier. So, yay. Okay, no spoilers, but yeah. <laughs> um, the way she paints Puerto Rico is amazing. Like you feel like you're there, you're there. She explores different neighborhoods and the different aspects of life in Puerto Rico um, alongside this, you know, the horror story that's going on. And she, she does an amazing job of weaving like real life horror and fantastical horror. That one sounds amazing. I just finished the Sundown Motel by Simone St. James. Also for the book club, I facilitate at work is a mystery slash ghost story slash kind of horror. It seems like people either really like it or they really do not like it. (laughs) I enjoyed it. There were definitely some parts where like I got a little bit creeped out, which I really enjoyed. I never really got super scared, but I feel like it takes a lot for me to get scared when I'm reading. But the premise is uh, it's there's two um, main characters and two different timelines. There's Viv, who is in 1982 and Carly is in 2017 and they go to this small town in upstate New York called Fell F-E-L-L and it's just kind of a weird town it's kind of stuck in time there's kind of just some weird things going on in the town and both of them end up working at this motel called the Sundown Motel Uh, the reason why Carly in 2017 goes there is because Viv 
um, who's the other main character in 1982, was her aunt and her aunt went missing. And so she's on the search to try to find what happened to her aunt. And um, she knows that her aunt, the last time anyone saw her was whenever she was the night clerk at the Sundown Motel. And so she goes to that, goes to the hotel to see if she can find anything. And she sees that there is a flyer for um, a job for a night clerk. And so she's like, all right, I can start, you know, doing some investigating, just working here, trying to figure it out. And she doesn't tell them, hey, my aunt worked for you back in the day and she's gone missing. Do you know anything? But it's, it's, I really enjoy it. It's a quick read. Um, so there's the mystery element of what, finding out what happened. There's a, um, other girls that have gone, that have been murdered in the town during the 80s, late 70s, early 80s, same time as the aunt goes missing. So it's a little bit of a search of like what happened to them as well. I really enjoyed it. Have either of you read that one? I've no. not. No. It's good. I really liked it. And so that was The Sundown Motel by Simone St. James. Five Midnights by Anne Davila Cardine. And I read My Heart is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones. Okay, well, now we're to the part where we're going to figure out what books to read off of our TBR list, our to be read list. Okay, so my first book is The Lathe of Heaven, a novel by Ursula K. Le Guin. I bought this book for my science fiction book club and then I never read it and I didn't attend the meeting out of shame (laughs) (laughs) as happens but I love Ursula K. Le Guin it's a very short book Mm -hmm. Um, and I can read the back of it here sure in a future world wracked by violence and environmental catastrophes George Orr wakes up one day to discover that his dreams have the ability to alter reality He seeks help from Dr. William Harbert, a psychiatrist who immediately grasps the power George wields. Soon George must preserve reality itself as Dr. Haber, Harbert, I don't know, I think I read it wrong the first time, becomes adept at manipulating George's dreams for his own purposes. The Lathe of Heaven is an eerily prescient novel from award-winning author Ursula K. Le Guin that masterfully addresses the dangers of power and humanity's self-destructiveness, questioning the nature of reality itself. It's a classic of the science fiction genre. So that's the first time that I have read the back of this and uh, now know what it's about. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) Because I literally have not looked at, like I bought it, I put it on my shelf and I did not look at it, did not read anything about it. So that's this book. Okay, that's a good option. What's your other choices? Okay, so that's option number one. Option number two, this was a book that I forgot that I bought, um, and then it arrived in the mail. We are the same person. (laughs) And it's called The Heart Principle, a novel by Ellen Huang. So I, you know, loved uh, Kiss Quotient, which is another um, romance novel by this author. And I do, like, remember seeing, like, oh, that this was coming out and being really excited but I just haven't read it yet. It's still a pretty new book. So it hasn't been on my TBR for a long time, but like I bought it, I got really excited and was like, oh, maybe I should read this right away. And then I just put it, <laughs> put it away and got distracted by other things. So this one, the back of the book says, when violinist Anna Sun accidentally achieves career success with a viral YouTube video, she finds herself incapacitated and burned out from her attempts to replicate that moment. 
And when her longtime boyfriend announces that he wants an open relationship before making a final commitment, a hurt and angry Anna decides if she wants an open, if he wants an open relationship, then she does too. Translation, she's going to embark on a string of one night stands. The more unacceptable the men, the better. That's where <laughs> this sounds like a book that Gabby would like. Yeah, I don't know. I was just like right off the for bat. her. <laughs> That's where tattooed motorcycle riding Quan Diep comes in. Their first attempt at a one-night stand fails, as does their second and their third, because being with Quan is more than sex. He accepts Anna on an unconditional level that she herself has just begun to understand. However, when tragedy strikes Anna's family, she takes a role that she is ill-suited for until the burden of expectation threatens to destroy her. Anna and Quan have to fight for their chance at love, but to do that, they also have to fight for themselves. Mm, okay. The heart. Very, that sounds super good. I also really enjoyed the kiss quotient. Yeah. So that one sounds good. I think it, the thing that kind of makes me hesitate about this is the, like, I don't know, sometimes it's like, oh, this is going to be a light, fun romance, but there's also that part of the end where it's like yeah. a tragedy strikes her family. And I'm just like already like, uh, too real like don't <laughs> don't bring me down with that man well it's a it's a romance that'll be an hea You'll yeah okay. it's happily yeah. after that's oh. true okay for my third book i have the long way down to a small angry planet by becky chambers which Anne leckie has author of ancillary justice has deemed great fun exclamation points <laughs> i bought this one at a bookstore that i really like and I was very excited about it. And I also bought One Last Stop, I think is the, the book I bought at the same time. And I read that one a long time ago already now. And um, this one just I haven't seemed to be able to get around to yet. When Rosemary Harper joins the crew of the Wayfarer, she isn't expecting much. The patched up ship has seen better days, but it offers her everything she could possibly want. A spot to call home, a chance to explore the far corners of the galaxy, and some distance from her past. And nothing could be further from what she's known than the crew of the Wayfarer. From Sissix, the exotic reptilian pilot, to Kizzy and Jinx, the chatty engineers who keep the ship running, to the noble Captain Ashby. Life aboard the chaotic and crazy is chaotic and crazy, exactly what Rosemary wants. That is, until the crew is offered a job of a lifetime, tunneling wormholes through space to a distant planet. Sure, they'll learn... They'll earn enough money to live comfortably for years, but risking her life wasn't part of the job description. The journey through the galaxy is full of excitement, adventure, and mishaps for the Wayfarer team. And along the way, Rosemary comes to realize that a crew is a family, and that family isn't necessarily the worst thing in the universe, as long as you actually like them. So that's really sweet. And I know that it has like LGBTQ representation. Mm -hmm. And especially with that last line, I kind of like the the idea of the chosen family and the Mm -hmm. crew. which is really cool. And I've heard it's just really funny. Yeah. Um, so that can be like a good, fun, um, lighthearted space adventure. I read The Chilling Effect by, oh, I can't remember who it's by, but it's it's kind of like a fun, lighthearted science fiction book that I really, really enjoyed. So I'm kind of hoping that this is in that same vein of it takes place in space but it's not like a really dense cerebral science fiction book. It's like you get um, 
and lucky to write the the little blurb about it and it's kind of like worries me but I don't think it's like that because I couldn't I could not get into ancillary justice it was way too dense for me I was like if you twist my arm <laughs> maybe I'll sit down and try and read this book again someday but yeah so those are the three options we, we have the long way to a small angry planet the heart principle and the lathe of heaven okay how should we do the voting should we rate them and then see what Ooh, yes I mean? yeah okay. let's do like how they do voting in other countries where they do like the so this what is that called rank choice voting yeah. okay so okay. gabby do you want to go first or do you want me to go first yeah so voting? rank rank them one two and three which ones you would you can go first i will not be swayed okay <laughs> <laughs> I will not be swayed. <laughs> I have an idea of what I think Gabby will choose first, but I might be wrong. <laughs> um, first, I'm going to say the small angry planet one, the sci-fi one. Second is the heart principle. And the third is the Ursula K. Le Guin one. Okay. My list is the same. Oh, wow. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the heart principle first. No. Simply be, for the same reason Amanda said, like the last, like the the family tragedy mm-hmm. and like the last line that that makes me a little bit anxious. And a long way to a small angry planet has actually been on my TV, my TV for too. a while as mm-hmm. well. It's not in my stack, but yeah. it's on my list. Um, and it just it does. It sounds like a like a good time set in space and mm-hmm. i also am a sucker for found family and found family so yeah. my my that is also my my ranking basically we want you to read it and tell us if we should read it <laughs> okay well that's exciting because i i did read like the first few pages of it so we'll we'll see Woo, fun okay i will go next so I chose the books off my shelf that I've had literally for years sitting there staring at me because I have a lot of books. Honestly, I think one of them, I don't even remember where or when I got it. It's been on my shelf that long. Um, and I'll do that one first. It is Alias Grace by Margaret Atwood. Um, the only Margaret Atwood book I've ever read is Handmaid's Tale. Let me see. This one doesn't really give a long synopsis on the back, but it says... a. Um, Around the true story of one of the most enigmatic and notorious women of the 1840s, Margaret Atwood has created an extraordinary potent tale of sexuality, cruelty, and mystery. So it's based on like an actual true crime story in the 1800s. And so I don't know if you guys can can see the cover. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit of a chunky book. I honestly don't know how long it's been sitting on my shelf. Um, (laughs) Maybe since high school, honestly. So that's why I chose it. And I was like, oh, you know, I really enjoyed The Handmaid's Tale. So that's the first one. The second one um, is Air Affair by Jasper. I think it's, do you pronounce his name Ford? Forda. Forda. I've always heard it pronounced, no, that's with a J. So that's wrong. So I'm not even going to say it. Yeah, no. I've heard I don't know. It. There's two Fs. And any at the end. O-R-D-E. Yeah. And I bought this at a half price books. I think when I was in high school, maybe my first year of college and it's a really popular book. Um, I thought it looked interesting and I thought I would have gotten to it much sooner. Um, but the synopsis is meet Thursday next. 
She's part Bridget Jones, part Nancy Drew, and part Dirty Harry. Welcome to a surreal version of Great Britain, circa 1985, where time travel is routine, cloning is a reality, dodos are the resurrected pet of choice, and literature is taken very, very seriously. England is a virtual police state where an ant can get lost, literally, in a Wordsworth poem, militant Baconians heckle performances of Hamlet, and forging Byronic verse is a punishable offense. All this is business as usual for Thursday Next, renowned special operative and literary detection, until someone begins kidnapping characters from works of literature. When Jane Eyre is plucked from the pages of Bronte's novel, Thursday must track down the villain and enter the novel herself to avert a heinous act of literary homicide. So. Uh, I don't (laughs) think I understood any of that. (laughs) Like, I'm just having a really hard time visualizing yeah that, being able to go you, into books and stuff yeah what you just yeah. said any yeah but he said something about an ant was that a-n-t like the bug no a-u-a-u-n-t an aunt aunt or aunt however you say it you know like if your mom's sister your aunt yeah no i i'm <laughs> the word i'm i'm confused because like why would you give that as an example like where your aunts could go off and like get lost i'm like what yeah that's very specific like i don't yeah i'm assuming that happens in the book that's the only thing i can assume i don't know i have not read it so i cannot tell you that is why it's on this pile of tbr books okay Um, (laughs) there's a lot going on but it could be there is a lot which is one of the reasons i think i've not picked it up because i'm like i mean it sounds kind of interesting but also at the same time what um Yeah. And there was a coworker at the library that we all worked at who this was her favorite series. This is a first in a series. Um, and my last option is Cabinet of Curiosities. That's a collection of short stories by Stefan Bachman, Claire Legrand, Catherine Catmull, and Emma Trevane. The synopsis says, welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Please enter. No, really, come in. The curators are delighted you are here. They invite you to turn a page, pull open a drawer, peek inside a room, slither into a nook. In fact, they insist. Sometimes visitors to the cabinet find it rewarding to dive right into the middle. You could try that. You could flip back and forth, start your exploration at the very end or the beginning. The important thing is that you are here. Oh, do come in. The curators guarantee you will uncover something curious. Um, and so I actually found bought this book, one, because Claire Legrand. I love Friend of the Claire. podcast. Friend of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> Friend of the podcast, Claire, is one of the writers for, for this. But also, I was really excited to, um, I was able to go to Paris years ago now. I found it at the uh, the Shakespeare. Um, oh my goodness, there's a stamp in here. The bookstore. Shakespeare and Company? Yes, yes. I got this um, in Paris at Shakespeare and Company. And I was really excited because I was looking for books by people. I knew the authors. This is the only book they had there with, that was of Claire's. Um, and so I got it. Um, but yeah, and I just like have not read it and that was like so I got this back in 2014 2015 so yeah and so the idea is that it's like they're fantasy stories um so I think the stories might interconnect in a way but it looks like it's just like a collection of different short stories by the four authors and originally I think it was a website they had a website together I might be wrong no they did they did okay yeah I chose books that were on my shelf for a very long time. Help me decide which of those to read, please. 
Yeah, it is Cabinet of Curiosities by Stefan Bachman, Catherine Catmull, Claire Legrand, and Emma Trevain. The Air Affair by Jasper Ford. I'm hoping that's how you say his last name. And Alias Grace by Margaret Atwood. This list is a little harder, but uh, so first choice would be Cabinet of Curiosities. Second, uh, Alias Grace. And third, Air Affair. Oh, interesting. So I was going to say my first choice was Cabinet of Curiosities as well. So that is probably one you're going to end up reading, but I had the other two switched. I had The Air Affair second and then Alias Grace third. I think probably just because of how, of like, I'm thinking from a place of like, which would I like to read, which is probably yeah. not the correct I was doing that game. with yours. <laughs> I mean, I think that's normal. Um, yeah. Cause I rated yours based on ooh, how, which of them would I want to read like right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll do Cabinet of Curiosities. All right, so first up, I have The Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue by Mackenzie Lee. And you would have thought, (laughs) if you know anything (laughs) about this this book or this series, you would have thought I would have read this when it came out. Uh, But it was one of those that just unfortunately uh, fell to the sands of my inability to stay focused. (laughs) The back reads as such, witty, romantic, and irresistible from the first line to the last, The Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue is the unforgettable escapade of Lord Henry Monty Montague, a charming young scoundrel who fully expects to carouse his way through his grand tour. However, Monty's plan for one last hedonistic hurrah with his best friend and secret crush, Percy, quickly turns into a harrowing manhunt across 18th century Europe. Truly a novel that's meant to be savored and not to be missed. I got this copy at uh, Blue Willow Books. Um, The paperback had just come out and Mackenzie Lee was there. Um, We, I think this is is when we had gone down, Brittany, you and I and our friend Amy to see Claire Legrand, friend of the podcast. (laughs) Claire? She's going to be like, all right, y'all. If she ever listens to this podcast, it's going to be like, please take my name out of your mouths. (laughs) Speaking of Claire, she is going to be at a local little book festival thing at a a library near here tomorrow. Gabby, if you want to go, I don't know if you're up to it, but I will be at work all day, so I cannot go. I was going to say, I, I just found out about that. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think I'll be ready to, to brave a book festival tomorrow. <laughs> I wish I could. But yeah, so The Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue is the first in a series. It's daring do and swashbuckling and queer rep and period piece. Like it's everything that I love. And I don't know why I haven't read it, but I brought it to the stack tonight because I believe uh, the fourth and final in the series uh, is about to come out. Yeah, right. that's been on my to read list too. The next in my stack tonight is The Curse of the Wendigo by Rick Yancey, which as you can see, I got it half price. <laughs> um, that's a good deal. Yeah, five, $5. I don't even know when this book came out. I've, it's, I've literally had it forever. Is that the yeah. sequel to The Monstromologist? It is. Okay. Um, Have you read that? Many, many moons ago. I should probably do a reread, but as we all know, unless you're Cat Sebastian, I probably don't reread you. Um, 
unless, uh, you know, randomly motivated. So I have read The Monstromologist and I have read other of Rick Yancey's. Uh, he did The Fifth Wave, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, do you remember? We were obsessed with that book. Girl. <laughs> we like, mm-hmm. me and Gabby, when that book came out, we were screeching. We were, weren't we were just like hanging out in your apartment living room, both of us just sitting there reading it, like at the same yes. time with our own different copies. True Anyways, <laughs> the rest of the series I'm kind of eh about, but the first one's really good. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Um, what is this book about? So this one, um, th- <laughs> randomly enough, um, I have read other young adult, young adults <laughs> for involving uh, Wendigos. They fascinate me, which they're terrifying but I'm weirdly fascinated. So that's why this was already out. And that's why I read The Monstromologist. But this one, uh, The Monstromologist, Dr. Warthrop and his assistant, Will Henry, are in pursuit of the ultimate predator, a creature that is neither alive nor dead, which starves even as it gorges itself on human flesh, the Wendigo. The doctor is convinced that no such beast can possibly exist until someone from his past convinces him a Wendigo has captured her husband and he and Will travel to the Canadian wilderness to discover the truth. When they finally track down the man, they return with him to New York only to see him transform into a Wendigo before their eyes. Now Dr. Warthrop can no longer deny the truth behind the legend, and with a Wendigo on the loose in the metropolis, it's up to the monstromologist and his assistant to catch the beast before it's too late. Ooh. So, for the season. Yeah. (laughs) And the third (laughs) is How the Light Gets In by Louise Penny. Brittany laughs because she knows. Y'all have heard me talk about Still Life, the first in the Three Pines series, mm-hmm. which will, you know, write it on my tombstone as like one of the books of, you know, book lights of my life. This is the ninth in the series. And if you're like, Gabby, there are like 16, 17 books in the Three Pines series now. Yeah, there are. You're right. <laughs> I have been emotionally avoiding this book four years, literally since it came out. I'll I'll read you the blurb. Despite crises that are overwhelming his homicide department, Chief Inspector Armand Gamache travels to the tiny village as a personal favor. There he discovers that the missing woman was once one of the most famous people in the world. She thought she'd finally found a refuge, but she was wrong. Her past had followed her there, had found her there, and with growing dread, Gamache realizes something horrific has followed him, has found him. With enemies closing in and an unlikely group of allies to count on, Gamache rushes to solve a murder and stop a political plot decades in the making. But the village has been found, time has run out, and what was once a sanctuary becomes a prison. Discover the complex, brilliant mind of Armand Gamache and discover why Louise Penny is one of the most exciting novelists today. So not spoiling anything, but major things happened at the end of book eight that crushed my heart. Like I obviously uh, still am in love with so many of these characters, which is why I didn't, I've just struggled to to continue with the series despite still talking four people into starting the series who have now 
all finished and caught up with the series and have assured me, like have tried to lead me by the hand and be like, uh, please come back to us as a fan. <laughs> so it's here. It's in the stack. <laughs> wow. Ooh. I'm surprised you added it to the stack. Yeah, um, okay. Well, so can you name the three again? Yes, of course. So first we have The Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue by Mackenzie Lee. Second, we have The Curse of the The Curse of the Wendigo uh, by Rick Yancey. And third, we have How the Light Gets In by Louise Penny. God, this is hard. Okay, I'm going to say my number one. And this, I'm ranking these from a different place than what I ranked Britney's. This is me, me too. <laughs> ranking them from a Gabby-centric place. Yes, me too. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to say the Louise Penny book, number one, then the Guide to Vice and Virtue, number two, and then the Curse of the Wendigo, number three. So my first one is Louise Penny. Second is the Wendigo one. And the third is the McKinsey Lee one. Okay. I like how we all chose the same ones for each other. <laughs> how, like the top ones. Yeah. I'm, I'm I just, calling you both when I'm weeping. Yeah, I know. I just, I feel like it's time, Gabby. I, I feel like you love the series so much. It's time. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I brought it to the stack. I think I need this catharsis. and You I need think the peer pressure. If, <laughs> if, if this was what y'all weighed as the one... I, I will honor that commitment. So. <laughs> and so we have to read them by the end of this year. For oh, God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Remember for the challenge. <laughs> That's true. All right. Well, that means we've come to the end of our episode and we are going to have our one star Goodreads review. For this one star Goodreads review, we are going to do a review of The Green Mile by Stephen King. The reason I picked this book is because we have titled this prompt, It Served Its Time, and The Green Mile is about serving time. Um, <laughs> so there. So there. Uh, All right. So Myra Rose rated it one star pretty recently in October of 2020 put it on their DNF, did not finish bookshelf. This is so fucking boring. IDC, ABT, The Rodent. Goodbye. <laughs> there we go. IDC, <laughs> ABT. <laughs> so I think that means I don't care about The Rodents. Yeah. yeah. Which if you've seen the movie is like the best part, how he keeps the mouse in the box. I don't know. He calls it like Bojangles or something. Is it, am I, I making Yeah, I can't up? remember. It's been years. I remember that movie made me cry. I remember tears, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>